On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses the final Yes album, Heaven and Earth. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Tom Corcoran and Ken Gregory as we delve into what is currently the last Yes album, Heaven and Earth. We want one more John Davison album, at least. I said currently. Okay. And, you know, so uh, welcome aboard, guys. Ken, that's an excellent point. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, gentlemen? Here we are on Heaven and Earth, the first but hopefully not last album featuring John Davison. There's, There's a certain amount of classic Yes character to fly from here in each of its versions. And I think Heaven and Earth is is decidedly different. I had made the comment in the Special Concert Series 9 episode that if Yes has a future as a as a viable, you know, band making new music, that future lies with John Davison. And I said that specifically because of this album. Um, I had been listening to it sort of in preparation for this, in preparation for anything they might potentially play at Yes 50. Although, as it turns out, uh, our, our new friends Total Mass Retain actually were the ones playing a track from here. And, and by the time that, that, we had, that Yes 50 occurred in, in, in the end of July... I had started to sort of turn the corner on this album. I had started to sort of understand, you know, what was good about it and maybe what, in my mind, some of its limitations may be. And and then seeing and having the experience we had in Philadelphia really um, reinforced this idea that, you know, John Davison is, and with Billy, but but certainly based on this, you know, John has the potential to drive this whole thing forward, which is fascinating to me. Fair enough. Just um, uh, specific to what you said about um, this album and Total Mass Retain, uh, they performed Subway Walls, which was the only ever live performance of Subway Walls. Quite impressive, actually. Yes. So why don't we go through the particulars of the album in question, and then we can kind of go into it. And I'm very, very keen to get your perspectives, because, Tom, you were what I will call an early adopter among the Palaver for Heaven and Earth. And Ken has quickly um, caught up to you in his enthusiasm for this record. So mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. can't wait to, uh, to get into it. So again, we are talking about Heaven and Earth, which was released in July of 2014 
produced by Roy Thomas Baker and released on the label Frontiers. The band lineup is John Davidson, featuring or on lead and backing vocals, as well as acoustic guitar on two tracks. Steve Howe playing the myriad instruments uh, that he normally does, as well as backing vocals. Chris Squire on bass and backing vocals. This is the last Chris Squire album we have. Jeff Downs on keyboards and Alan White on drums and percussion. The track listing is Believe Again, The Game, Step Beyond, To Ascend, In a World of Our Own, Light of the Ages, It Was All We Knew, and finally the aforementioned Subway Walls. Heaven and Earth is the 21st studio album from the English progressive rock band Yes, released on 16 July 2014 on Frontier Records. It is their first album with singer John Davison in the band's lineup and the final studio album to feature original bassist and founder Chris Squire before his death in 2015. It was produced by Roy Thomas Baker, who first worked with the band on recording sessions in 1979 and mixed by then former and now current member Billy Sherwood. Upon its release, Heaven and Earth peaked at number 20 in the UK, the band's highest chart performance since their 1994 album, Talk. It also entered the U.S. chart at number 26. I find, um, I find those chart performances somewhat surprising, given the fact that, you know, traditionally, new singers of Yes, and traditionally there's only one, um, have received a certain amount of resistance at first. Um, no, I guess there's two. There's Benoit as well. But, uh, you know, yeah, this, and, and again, this is a, a different sort of yes album, but very, very cool. One of the things that struck me as we were preparing for this, and again, also led to the statement I made on our special concert series is the fact that John Davison has a credit on all these songs, but one. Indeed. So again, when you look at it, you know, whatever, whatever this is, it seems to be driven very much by John Davison. I don't know if, you know, it was, it was a conscious decision, you know, to, to include John on everything. If you look at the press kit that you guys had pointed to on, on YouTube, John himself sort of gives the impression that he had a lot of stuff ready to go. And maybe he brought all of that and then different guys, you know, he, maybe he split off and worked with different guys. I don't, I don't know how it worked, but, but the fact of the matter is it's a lot of John Davison here. Joe, what was the song that he did not write or did not uh, work on or co-write? Uh, second to last one. It was all we knew, which is a okay. Steve Howe um, song. Interesting. Okay. A great Steve Howe song. Exactly. And Steve Howe was talking about how his role in this album, the guitar in this album, was more just like layering. And it was interesting that he was comfortable with that. Um, it, it seems like you never know when things are going down if, if certain players are comfortable with sort of taking... Um, a back seat and you know especially someone like Steve Howell 
and he seemed fine with it. I mean, he seemed fine to just be um, willing to just add some flavoring and layering to it. And, um, you know, he, he was still very excited about it, which is great. Cause I mean, someone like Steve Howe, you know, has to be a team player. I mean, you don't last as long as, uh, any of these guys are and, 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 and not be a team player. So I, I found that very interesting. In that EPK video, he says that John Davison is a good musician. Like, okay, not only did I play guitar over top of something, I liked what I was playing over top of. And that speaks volumes coming from a guy like that. Well, and we, we've also heard Steve have less than glowing things to say about things he's been asked to play over top of before as well. So, you know, Steve is, is not going to hold back <laughs> if he's not pleased about something. Steve shows up in places and he, and he, he, he does know how to play second fiddle, but he plays an amazing goddamn fiddle. Let's see what the timeline of progressive rock albums has to offer for the year 2014. Um, Pink Floyd did The Endless River. Uh, Devin Townsend did, uh, what's this, Z Squared. So I'm, I'm not familiar with him, but I, I know that uh, Paul is, and Joe, you are a little bit. Um, you know, we had uh, some of the heavy uh, contributors to the prog rock um, genre here with Mastodon and Opeth. Um, we also have Ian Anderson coming out with something. Uh, Gaspacho has impressed me. Uh, so they were uh, active then with their uh, Demon album. And Transatlantic had the Kaleidoscope album, which uh, I dug that. So uh, we, we don't have our traditional roster of prog rock performers. But we, we, we have kind of the, uh, the more recent version of that. Tom, you've been extolling the virtues of this record for several weeks at this point. What was it about this album that sort of resonated with you so quickly? And has it changed in, in the time you've been listening to it? Or do you still, you know, like the same things you liked originally? Or have you picked up on different things as you've been going along? Let me just start by saying that... Um I got on the, the the Yes train a little bit later than you guys, although I I grew up listening to the Yes album, and I always had that, and I uh, loved the classics. I, I got into it a bit later than, than you guys, and I, I, I don't know if this is presumptuous, on, on my part, but I was maybe not so attached with certain things that I could uh, listen to things um, maybe with a, a little bit clearer palette, if you will. Sure. And um, so when we're doing the palaver, we're listening to a lot of stuff, a lot of great stuff. And I, I came across heaven and earth uh, later in the game <clears throat> and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know when I hit the, the play button, I didn't know who the singer was or what the background I knew was their last album. I knew it was Chris Squire's last album. 
um, I just I just listened to it, and what I heard was just really beautiful melodies, and I, I heard very accessible songs that that had uh, that were very thoughtful harmonically, uh, but it, it was just a lot of fun to listen to. I was listening to it for a while, even before I mentioned it in our text messages, because I didn't want to backtrack. I didn't want to have to backtrack, which I have done. Let's face it. I have uh, had to do on, on several occasions. Um, I just wanted to be sure that I really liked it. Sure. Um, so I had listened to it for quite some time and and I started telling you guys that I, I, I really liked it. And it just kept growing. I mean, it was the kind of thing that it was hard for me to stop listening to it when we were, you know, sp- supposed to be listening to other things and talking about uh, other, you know, episodes, you know, other albums with episodes. Uh, I was I was really focused on, on heaven and earth. And uh, it was just very enjoyable let me go here. I know that yes has a certain sound and heaven and earth is not that sound. And we can say, and I think it would be accurate to say that this does not sound like a yes album. And I think you would be, you, um, I think that would be a, an, an accurate statement. I think that if you can look at heaven and earth not as a 50 year, not from a 50 year old band, but as just a, a good album, just, just from an album, uh, I, I think you might enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, if you, I, and let me give you an example. When we were talking, when we were talking about Rush, we were talking about moving pictures <clears throat> and then the follow up to that, which was Signals. And we were talking about if you're a lifelong Rush fan and you listen to moving pictures and you fall in love with moving pictures, you get attached to moving pictures in that era. You you may be a bit disappointed with signals. Um, if you're a, a real-time Rush fan, you're listening to every album right when it comes out. And um, <clears throat> I think this has the same... MO, if you will, that if you listen to Heaven and Earth and you have been a lifelong Yes fan, I mean, you can't help but be thrown out, out of the car. <laughs> you can't help be thrown in a different direction. Um, and I think it's a, lo- a, a lot of people had a hard time with it. Um, but not getting to those specifics just yet. I think these are. There's only one song on this album that I don't like. Uh, everything. I think this is a very strong album. Um, John Davison is is just wonderful with 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 melody, and he does a really good job working with the, with the rest of the guys and uh, coming up with some great stuff. And I I just really enjoy the album, uh, just from a just from a songwriter point of view. You know, I, I didn't. I don't know if I've always. I don't know if I was expecting anything in particular. Uh, I think if you're looking for the proverbial progressive rock album, 
you know, that's not, this is not what you're going to get. Uh, I think if you're looking for some of the traditional yes things, this is not what you're going to get. But uh, I, I swear by some of these songs. I mean, I, I really have a good time with this album. Cool. Kenny G, what um, you, you are perhaps more steeped in what we will call traditional yes. And yet you have come to embrace this album as well. What was your experience like over the last, you know, several weeks, months, whatever it, it's been that led you to, uh, to have such a high opinion of this record? Yeah, I'm going to cut to the chase. Uh, John Davison, if you're out there, I got 200 compositions I need you to sing pretty quick. <laughs> and Billy, I'd like you to mix it and uh, sing some backups. Uh, you can reach me at 215-555-1212. That's 215-555-1212. And uh, give me a call. And uh, I'm just I'm just enamored with um, with the younger generation of Yes. Um, you know, John and Billy singing together. Even though Billy's not, you know, singing on this, um, it's 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 uh, it, it's Chris for real on this one. But in, in the absence of uh, Chris, uh, Billy more than 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 fits the bill. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I got into um, Heaven and Earth, and I looked up um, John Davison's birth date, and he is 11 months or so younger than I am. And I'm sure he was picking up some of the similar influences. I mean, I, 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 I just I, he talks about you know, throwing in some older influences in that EPK video on YouTube, uh, particularly Motown. He wanted to drive um, some of those 60s influences back in to the yes cycle. And, you know, it's a little bit Motown. It's a little bit bubblegum pop. It's a little bit psychedelic. It's just friggin' beautiful. It's just amazing. I think he pushes all the buttons and I'm wondering if when he was either, you know, that age to be a senior in high school or to be a, um, you know, freshman in college, whatever path he took, I'm just wondering if he was exposed to uh, jellyfish. Um, th th they hit that um, San Francisco psychedelic bubblegum pop kind of genre. And I just I just love that influence. I, I hear a tiny bit of that in the album and just the ballads i didn't get the ballads necessarily right away in the first listen but i'm i wanted to go back so believe again and to ascend just knock me on my ass they're, they're amazing it, it takes a little bit of poetic license in the yes catalog i'll give you that tom you know it it it, it weaves in the 60s and the 70s, and it, 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 it takes some of that um, progressive art rock vibe, but clearly he has modern sensibilities where he's not quite experimenting. He, he, he's not the guy that's going to write another Tales from Topographic Oceans. Right. But but he's going to he's going to take those influences and he's going to fit them into five or six minutes in a beautiful way. Um, 
I, I just, I just totally lost my shit. I just, I just, once, you know, the first and second listen kind of had me wanting more. And then once I got the words, once I was able to sing back a couple of the melodies, he just blew me away. And I was, I was, I was enthralled. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's a lot of stuff that I, I mean, there's, there are a lot of albums from bands that I like that I love to listen to and maybe I, but I have to be in a certain mood to listen to them and I have to be in a certain place. Heaven and earth has been one of these albums that I just have been wanting to hear it all the time. <laughs> I don't have a mood. I just, I just really, if you pop it in, I'm, it just puts me in a, a, a great mood. Um, one thing that you mentioned, and actually that was in the um, EPK, I don't get the Motown influence. I get all the other influences you mentioned, Ken, but where, where, where is this Motown influence? Yeah, I think that is a, a distant influence that shows up particularly in a world of our own, uh, in, in a world of our own. Uh, I'll get there. I mean, I mean, I, I want to talk through a couple of these chords and licks when we get there. So let's let's just roll through the tunes because they're amazing. When Ken brought up the the Motown thing, and I saw the the EP, EPK, and I, I I heard John say that, all I could think of was, well, just because John thinks it doesn't mean it's true. First of all, <laughs> there's an interesting, provocative, perhaps, um, statement in the wikis regarding this. The last sentence of the composition section says, Davison stated that they had, quote, a bunch of extra material, end quote, that they did not finish in time for the album, including, quote, a big prog piece, end quote, mainly written by him and Downs, which could ultimately be used for the next album. So, you know, apparently he dabbled in, in prog, or maybe that was the Jeff Down influence. I'm, I'm not sure, but I thought that was interesting. Oh my God! Subway Walls would have satisfied me, but if they have something more proggy than Subway Walls, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious as to what that may be. Um, so I, I want to just sort of counterbalance all the the love and joy that you guys have in, in a certain respect, and you know, I'm I want to give my perspective here. You guys probably aren't going to agree with it, and maybe it's extraordinarily naive, which wouldn't be the first time I've done that. When I first bought this album, however many years ago, um, I listened to it probably two or three times, and it just it didn't really stick with me in any way, shape, or form. I was like, that's ah, all right, but you know, whatever. And then um, as we got into this, and you know, I started tuning into the Yes Music podcast, and they would kind of talk about it occasionally, not in glowing terms. I believe Kevin is not fond at all, although Mark Anthony Kay is perhaps more understanding of the record, if if I recall that correctly. And I was I was always curious because you know Kevin Tom is a big uh, Tormato fan, so I thought that was it was always interesting. I I you know you and he seem to line up in a lot of places except for this. So as I got into this for the for the palaver. First couple times through, I was I was like, yeah, this really isn't you know necessarily any better than than I remembered it. But the more time I spent with it, the more I started to sort of find things that would 
would draw me in and keep my interest and have me look around a little bit more. And it, it, it really grew on me. However, as much as it's grown on me, and there are some tracks on here that I like an awful lot, and I agree, you know, with what you guys are saying in that it's not, it's, it's not a traditional yes album. Um, there are these different influences. Obviously, John Davison had a lot to do with it. And what I've come to personally believe is this is very much like a first album in the sense that a lot of, I think a lot of the ideas aren't perhaps as fully formed as they could be. I also think, and I, I don't know, I, I think I think a lot of John's vocals are in a sense tentative. I don't think they're nearly as powerful as they could be. And I attribute that to, you know, this was, this is a new beast, if you will, getting together and figuring out how to work. And that's ultimately why I'm so keen at this point to see a, a second album with John. And now I'm, I'm very curious to see what Billy Sherwood is going to write as a bass player and, and how that's, how that's going to mix together. I would anticipate if we ever got that album that it would probably build very much off of heaven and earth and yet perhaps present a huge leap forward at the same time. That's my general wow. perspective. <clears throat> that's that. Okay. That's huge. Now we did in our palaver text messaging setup for the recording, we covered the fact that heaven and earth was rushed. Now, whether it was Steve Howe or John Davison or whoever kind of said that, um, it's it, it, it's basically accepted in the fan community that Heaven and Earth was rushed, and uh, it just could be you know at that point um, they didn't have a huge budget, they didn't have endless time, and they had to hit the road and you know do their jobs, make a living. Um, that makes sense, listening to the production. There are just some transitions that could have been embellished. Um, some of this sounds like a demo to me. You know, the, 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 there's a very solid, beautiful drum track back there. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily breathe in some of the places where I would expect it to. And, you know, there just a lot of the intros don't have the pizzazz of a typical Yes album. Yeah, well, you know, before we get into <clears throat> all the specific tracks, it's it's interesting to me, I'd like to just talk about this you know, briefly, that we should acknowledge, even though, you know, Ken and I are really enthusiastic about it, um, we should acknowledge that in the yes world, in, in yes fans in general, there are several lists of, you know, favorite rush, uh, I'm sorry, favorite yes albums top to bottom. And um, Heaven and Earth is, if not, you know, on all of them, they are, it, Heaven and Earth is like at the bottom of the list. And uh, in most, if not all, of these online 
sort of lists that we see. Um, Heaven and Earth is not a popular album among Yes fans. Now, knowing this, now I know we got we we have fun going back and forth on on certain Yes albums. Tormato is one of them, um, and we sort of go back and forth on certain things. Being that Heaven and Earth happens to not be very popular, I'm trying to. I was trying to figure it out. I actually spent a lot of time asking myself why don't Yes fans engage in this album? And you can say, well, there's a, maybe a list of things. It does, maybe it doesn't have it doesn't have John Anderson. Um, it doesn't have the particular prog. Uh, sound um, and it's it's not as ambitious when it, in in certain musical aspects as some of the other albums, um, and also it is a slower tempo. The whole album is a it seems like it's, it's, it it does have that dirge tempo to it. Yes, yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> definitely a slower feel. Um, there's just a couple of things that I think you know turn people off. But it, it's really, it's a shame because these songs are just really beautiful songs. And, you know, even the, I, I don't, I would actually like to engage some of our listeners maybe on social media when they listen and we can like talk about it a little bit. I, I would love to open it up because um, certainly, you know, Saying such great things about heaven and earth may get us crucified. <laughs> that's part of the fun of what we do. That's part, of, part of the fun of what we do, right? You know what I mean, I, so I would actually love to hear, you know, from from people who who really dislike the album because I, I just I um I'd, I'd like to know um what what the angle is on that because I I just I just don't get it. <laughs> Well, if if there's going to be an influence campaign, I can't think of a better. <laughs> if we're going, if we're risking the name of the progressive palaver to influence the masses, I, I would hope that 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 heaven and earth would be worthy of the cause. So, yeah, Tom, I get it. I totally get it. So it's <laughs> it, it's interesting. I had pulled up uh, something else because I one of the, I, I I had neglected to mention the tempo, which is one of the things that kind of drives me batshit crazy about this record a little bit of it would be okay but it's just like constant oh can we pick it up please and it seems to sort of coincide with the the live show tempo dipping down tremendously so i pulled up um because one of the things that i came across in my solo study of the of the asia catalog is the last few asia albums with john wetton were fast as hell um, certainly Omega and Triple X were just blistering in terms of their, their overall tempo. So, you know, it's not that Steve Howe can't or won't. Um, it just, you know, didn't, it just seemed that this didn't. But one of the things I came across, Ken, is Asia's Gravitas was also released in 2014. So, hmm. Jeff Downs was, was bringing it in 2014. I I love how the progressive lock the progressive rock timeline for 2014 does not include Asia. <laughs> Isn't that funny? 
Well, I mean, the, the wikis clearly uh, label them as progressive rock, so the wikis could never be wrong. Uh, I, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> All right, so shall we go into the tracks, gentlemen, and ex right. explore sure. our way around this, uh, this perhaps hidden gem of an album? Now, so the, the album opens with Believe Again, of which I am personally not a fan, but Oh, I'm. Oh, how can you not fall in love with that melody? I mean, it's yeah. such a great song. Well, because yeah. I can't stay awake long enough to listen oh, to it all. Come on, this is a really good song. I okay. I, I'm. I'm. I am going to not poo-poo all over this. And right, Joe, so, Joe, Joe, you, you mentioned that the only reason you didn't get into NASA is you had high blood pressure, right? Right. I'm, is there a correlation with high blood pressure people needing fast music? Is is this a thing here? Because no, not at all. Not I, at all. I, I, I honestly, I. All right, I'm just going to be straight with you guys. I'm not being snarky. I'm not being mean. I find this vocal line to be monotonous, droning, and boring, and so oh. I just don't care. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. But, but that's all I'm going to say. So, gentlemen, please tell us about um, tell us about believe again. I mean, I I just think, I mean, the verse uh, is harmonically and melodically very ambitious. It, I, I don't think it's monotonous at all. I mean, I think if if anything. It's it's very non-commercial in in the in in the structure, and the chorus really pulls it together. Uh, now, I'm not saying I don't like the verses. I actually think they're they're wonderful. But I, I think that uh, the fact that 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 John sort of goes out of the box at times. I mean, he really. Um, takes these melodies to another uh, level and then gives us something that we really um, love in, in the chorus, um, you know, something chorus worthy um, and just done in a, in a beautiful way. I, I mean, it's just, I, sometimes it's hard to put into words why something works and i think this is everything is so new everything sounds so new i mean and this is the first song on the album and this is what we're being introduced to and this is a new sound uh it's a new voice uh and even chris squires laying back i mean what he's doing is, is great but it's, it's not a you're not listening to the bass you're not listening to the guitar you're not listening to the drum you're just listening to the song and it's just you can really uh, just enjoy the song first and then go back and then listen to really what they're doing. I think this is a different way of, of almost listening to a Yes album. And it's, it's, and it's a new sound. This is a completely new sound. And this, is, this song is the birth of that. And I think that... Um, it's just it's just a haunting melody, and uh, it's just it's a beautiful melody. And I I think that uh, 
I don't know. I I just I just I really love this song. This is one of I don't know if I have a favorite, but if I did, this would probably be my favorite on the album. Amen, brother. I mean, Joe, um the last uh lyric, surely this dream of consciousness flows to the sea where drifting I found that I can be. I'm really getting to know the empty space beneath the surface of common days. We're dreaming the sound, a newfound freedom. So he's letting go. It, it, it's, a, it's a consciousness. It flows. There's empty space. And, and maybe we're inviting you, Joe, to let go and find something um, comforting kind of in the, in the newfound empty space here. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's it's interesting that you should start quoting lyrics because I do think that lyrically this album stands out. Um, we've we've talked before, you know, about John and his lyrics, um, which oftentimes don't you hear the words, but they don't really mean anything, so you don't really latch onto them necessarily. Um, Trevor Horn lyrics, generally speaking, resonate with me very strongly, so I'm more likely to pick up on those. There are there are lyrics throughout this album that I, I will pick up on, but yeah. So I'm glad you guys like uh, like Believe Again. <laughs> it's a gorgeous tune. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going to the next, if we're going to the next song, yes, uh, I'm going to uh, introduce. Oh, is it my the, new game. Is, is it game time? Oh, it is game time, and um, we are going to be listening to a snippet of the game. Okay. And oh, uh, I see where you're going we're, here. We're we're listening to the game, game and we're playing the game. Oh. Uh, that, that was just dumb luck. That was a that was a happy accident. Um, but the name of the game is Tune Chaser. <laughs> and what this, we are going this, to do This is where I embarrassed myself dramatically. <laughs> no, I think I'm gonna be the one who's going to be embarrassed. But uh, anyway, I am going to play a three or four song snippet. In this in this episode, it's gonna be from the game. And then I'm going to play another snippet from something that you don't know, or you may know. Okay. You have to guess. You have to guess. Now, the key is, the first snippet, the reason why I'm playing these two is because I think they're, um, they sound very similar. There is a, a similar melody from the first one to the second one. And it's it's a, it's in a fun way. I'm not. I don't think it's ripping off, you know, anything or sure. whatever. But I think it's just it it just reminds me of uh, one of them reminds me of the other. Okay. And a short part of it. So and so we are going to first listen to a brief snippet from the game. And of course, all right, here we are. This is a snippet from the game. 
this is a snippet from. Hopefully Something. one of you will be able to tell me. Okay. I have no idea. But so first gonna... off, do you agree that there are some similarities? It's an or ascending. Am I, or am I just crazy? Am I out of my mind, or uh, do you guys hear uh, similarities? Sure, there's a similarity. Yep. Okay. So, do either of you want to guess? I have nothing. I'm flummoxed. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. Ooh, uh -oh. I like hints. Uh, the hint is our dear friend Paul Zotter will be able to put another sexy picture of Aaron Gray on Instagram. Oh my God, Buck Rogers theme song? It is. It's a Buck <laughs> told you guys davidson was born in 71 i mean uh, what else I was, do you need to know i was i was gonna say ken i thought exactly that as as we sort of landed on that so you know he spent all of his his evenings as as a youth watching uh buck rogers in the 25th century and the theme song uh, you know I, i'm assuming that's where we're going with this tom the theme song yeah. became stuck in his head Yes, I, 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 I think so. And yeah, listen, prog rock has common denominators with with uh, sci-fi. Um, so I and and I think there there is a um, real similar melody there. So I, I when I first heard the song Buck <laughs> Buck Rogers, that's uh, landed landed on my temple. That is and, funny. Uh, I like it. I, I do nice want to point work. out. I'm not even going to point it out. Okay, Tom. So is, is do we play all the game now, or do we have to wait for another uh, appropriate part in the palaver to play round two? Well, we're an appropriate part in the in the palaver, okay. which will be uh, pro probably one one or two snippets a week. So awesome. we might have to wait until next week. Cool. <laughs> wow. We, we need an audio doppelganger award, Tom, because you, you just earn an award there. That, fantastic work. That's great. Um, but I was like, so more, we, we more need, tune chaser to come. What we need is we need a segment theme for this so that we can <laughs> we can introduce it properly. I'll have to work on that for the, for the next one. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So having played the game, let's talk about the song, The Game, which, again, you guys seem to be really on board with. This is another great example of when you're listening to this, uh, this style. And I really feel like I'm listening to something new. I don't feel like I'm listening to a band's next album. And I almost feel, now I'm not comparing it to Asia, don't get me wrong, but I almost feel like, it's sort of a, a subsidiary band, kind of like an Asia, where you have, you know, common denominator uh, players or player, singular, depending on 
what we're talking about and and it's it, it something different from from yes and I, I think that uh the game is another example of it, it just it's very consistent it's another, it's another good song and it's just giving you something that you that you haven't heard before and i again i i i, I really enjoy the song and uh um i don't know i, I think it just it, it it's a perfect it, it's a perfect way to follow up the first the the first track you know for for me this song has grown on me but i find i find that the chorus is just a little too obvious and sing-songy for my tastes personally um i do love when he finishes up the uh with come the final fade outline i just think that's really really cool the way he does that yeah when i want to listen to chris squire you know um i'd say the man you always wanted me to be yeah would would fit the bill and th and this doesn't quite make it to that level step beyond oh my god what a wonderful tune what a wonderful lick okay it's it's written by um steve howe and davidson which is you know um uh there's a lot going on with uh even though it's played on the keyboard there's a lot going on with basically an open b string so i can imagine how writing this with davidson and, and and tracking that on guitar originally instead of the uh the uh, keyboard part, but it's just, it's so addictive and so fun to play. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, 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 who would not want to play that for five minutes and just like totally get the rocks <laughs> off. It's just, I mean, I mean, Oh my God. And, 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 and just, and, and just to like really drive the point home, he, he, they open it up with this, So they start on the the one string for a couple times through, and then they 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 change it and they go into the key of B. It's just 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 so fun, so easy. And if you want to talk bouncy, Joe, that is your bounce. Yeah, yeah that's why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take the I bounce really, out, and I'm a happy guy. I really did not want to like this song. This is the kind of song that I would normally my that would turn my stomach I, I just i when i first heard it i was like oh geez here okay now we're gonna start with the songs that you know i don't like this is where things go south but i completely fell in love with the song i love the dorkiness of it it's <laughs> yep. just so fun yeah that keyboard line is just so dorky it's but it's so fun mm -hmm. and it's just it's for a band like yes to play this song it's uh, it's it's unusual, but it's it's just it's so satisfying, and it's it just um, it just makes me smile. I mean, it it really makes me smile. It's a, it's a fun melody. Um, it's just like they're really having a, a fun time with it, and um, it, it it's just I mean, it's unlike again, like most of the, the songs on here. It, it's it's unlike yes, this is probably the most unlike yes song on the album uh, but it's it's a, it's a wonderful song and it, it makes me smile every time i i i listen to it and it makes me dance around 
And, um, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to take it for what it is and just enjoy it. And I, I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm glad <laughs> Joe, you guys really Joe, have such Joe, a great Joe's time with it. scratching his temple. <laughs> Joe, it looks like we, we just gave Joe a major, major headache. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to just stay silent. Oh, <laughs> unless you're recording a podcast. I well, I just don't care for it. Top to bottom, it's I I really I just don't care for it. Okay, and 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 you're getting some cues here in the lyrics. Um, you told me so. If I don't let go, I'd never know the joy freedom brings. It's another one of those tunes. Maybe one day you let go and you just get there and it takes a little bit of bliss to absorb this tune you know i I have no bliss in my life and i have no reason (laughs) for bliss in my life and even if there is room for bliss in my life i hope it will be delivered with a better vocal line than that oh okay all right fair enough oh all right all right but now now we get to the meat of the album now, yeah. when we hit hit uh, to ascend, I can finally. Uh, there's something here where I can start to get my teeth into it, and for me, this album picks up from here, with one precious exception, which will earn me more groans from you two. But um, yeah, this is this is kind of the first. This is kind of the first one that that really sort of gets my attention. I mean, I, I like the game a little bit. It just, you know, it. I have sort of a love-hate relationship with the game, um, but but this song I really genuinely like. I do think again the chorus is is a little too obvious for my taste, but I think the song as a whole is is so good. I really don't care that much about it, and um, you know, and the way that that each um, where is it here. The way that each chorus ends with um, as a free bird flies from the hand to ascend to ascend, you know, that as much as the rest of the chorus drives me crazy, I think that that ending of it is so beautiful that Mm -hmm. I I totally, you know, get on board with with that. And I think the, uh, you know, the the verse melodies are, are very, very strong and I like those a lot. Whenever Steve Howe whips out the Portuguese guitar, you know... He's going for the gusto. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, would this be a good time to talk about, I think there are a lot of similarities between this album and Fly From Here. I mean, I don't, uh, I think, I, I, and I think this song is probably, one of the songs that could have been on fly from here. Uh, and, and so I, I think this might be a good time to talk about it. <laughs> I, there are, <laughs> I think there are, um, even though we have different singers, um, the singers, I still think, uh, both, both these guys on both these albums have a lot of similarities and, it's interesting to me that John 
Davison did so much writing on heaven and earth. And that to me, this album still sounds very similar to fly from here. I know we have a lot of other uh, players who are, who are on fly from here. Uh, but uh, I, I think this is more a, of a, of a poppy version of Fly From Here. Fly From Here is sort of like the prog rock version, uh, and and Heaven and Earth is a little bit more of the commercial version. But I think that uh, I I think that to ascend I think could have been on Fly From Here, and um, I, I think it has the weight. Fly From Here has more weight to it than than Heaven and Earth, and I think the, I think To Ascend has that weight. Tom, I think they both, as songwriters, Trevor Horn and John Davison, have the power to lead you to that new territory. It's it's um, you know we we, we can call it. You know the, the the sonic palette or the dystopian place or the the fantasy place. They both take you there, but Trevor Horn will leave you in a scary place. Just leave you there, <laughs> right? But and I Davidson, love it. I love it. <laughs> Davidson reminds you that it's just a storybook and it's okay. That's the difference, <laughs> right? So, so yeah, I get I, I get it. it. It's almost like. If if you were afraid leaving Fly from here, Davison is telling here to remind you, uh, you know it, it, it's a story and there's hope ahead. That's nice you said, Ken. that's brilliant, Ken. I love that. So one of the interesting things, Tom, when you're talking about this, so obviously, what what I find fascinating about this is, you know, here again, Fly from here and this are are on this this dual track with with Asia at this point. So you've got Steve and Jeff who are sort of affecting different personas, depending on which band they're playing in throughout this period. And, you know, then you, you know, you bring in obviously uh, Trevor for some of the writing on fly from here. And I, I think there's a certain amount of cross pollination that sort of naturally occurs. Although I think both Steve and Jeff did a, a fairly decent job of of keeping their personalities separate, <laughs> you know, if their Asia personality versus their Yes personality. But you know, I think maybe that has has something to do with that. I find it interesting when we talk about To Ascend that you know the the other writing credit on that is Alan White. Agreed. You know, yeah. so right. I, you know, we don't often mention Alan White when we're talking about these these records either. You know. After 90125, we haven't really talked much about his drumming. He does get songwriting credits occasionally, but I don't know that I personally have a good feel for who Alan White as a songwriter is, but I do know that I dig this song a lot. So Right. The influence has to be positive, even if you can't put your finger on it. Right. You talk about something unexpected in a world of our own. Oh, man, this is the one that just captured me and wouldn't let me go. Wow. What's wrong with the new revolution? Playing God on any given day. Put yourself through so much pressure. Here we go again. Where were you when I needed you? Caught up in a crazy whirlwind. 
Then I saw your face in the crowd. You were somebody else then, somebody else then. It is so beautiful. And then they hit this big A-flat major. It's freaking gorgeous. Why must you always lie to me? One big mistake. We were headed for heartbreak. And then this descending line is gorgeous. You can whet your appetite anywhere. But as long as you do, do your cooking at home, right? Right back where it began. Now, that is a fully diminished chord. And this is where I'm saying he's tapping into the 70s influence and the bubblegum pop and jellyfish and Andy Sturmer and Roger Manning. Just beautiful world of things to play with there. And... Um, what 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 kills me? And the chorus is beautiful too because there's a back and forth between um, um, Chris Squire and John Davidson. That that's gorgeous too. But w- w- what kind of like seals the deal for me later on in this tune? You get Steve Howe on that fully diminished chord, and he's doing his. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous little things they got going here, and I just feel like. They got 89% there, 90% there, and they just needed maybe a little bit of pizzazz, maybe a Trevor Horn guy to come in and, and throw in a few sound effects or something and do some editing, and this would have just been a major hit. I just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous track. Uh, this was the one song on the album that I, I don't like. But really? when you were singing it, when you were singing it, I was like, "Oh, maybe I I, I do like this song." Uh, you, you really gave it a new uh, flavor, a new feel. Uh, so a new this color. this is the and, one uh, song you I, uh, don't like, really? Yeah, I I I don't like this song. But you know what? When Ken was playing it, uh, he really gave it a. A, a different sound, a different vibe, and I was actually different. So I might have to go back and listen to it again. Dude, that <laughs> is that is amazing, and and really, this underscores, you know, one one of the one of the basic tenets of life that I have come to realize over the last few months is that Joe Beauclair, yes, does not equal Tom Corcoran, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's okay, man. I, I love it anyway. You know, for for me, this this weird swing feel just kind of comes out and bashes you on the head, and you're you're almost forced to confront it because it's so bizarre on, on a Yes album, and you're like, what what the fuck is this doing here? And- well, Joe Joe, humor us with 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 the with the jelly and inf- jellyfish influence on the on the Asia album that you just reviewed. What was that? Oh shit! Can I have to go back and, and look at my. Um, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. There's there's one song on. It's either Omega or Triple X um, that that has something that that makes me think of jellyfish, and I don't recall what it is off the top of my head now. Um, but it, it was funny that I didn't, I didn't pick up on the jellyfish thing until you said it. Then I went back and listened to this and I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of true. So again, if it was off of Omega or triple X, it was sort of in this sort of time frame. Um, one of the things I, 
I find, and, and I, I found this with, with the Asia too, I dig Jeff Downs on a piano. I, I, there's just something about that that I like. And it, it works for me. I find on this song that the, the vocal arrangement is, is wonderful. And this, this song has one of, it, it, I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's certainly my favorite lyric on this album. About time you hail a taxi for that ego. I, I don't know what it is about that, but it just makes me smile every time I hear him say that. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Thomas. Touche. <laughs> and, and that brings us to Light of the Ages. I find it amazing that in my estimation, the most yes song on this album is the one that's written wholly by John Davison. I, I, I might take issue with the fact that you think it's the most yes song on the album. I would say Subway Walls is, but, you know. Um, well, we, we'll get to Subway I, I Walls. Where it is more yes than a lot of, of the other songs anyway. Yeah. And, well, what era? Are we talking Big Generator or are we talking... Yeah, what exactly do you get from this track? It doesn't have a bouncy feel. It doesn't have a weird swing thing. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's the first time on this album you might actually be listening to a Yes record. Okay, okay, it, it, all right. It, it actually, for me, it invokes, shall I say, a John Anderson feel. In yeah, turn, I, I would say there's there's a little bit of ABWH vibe here. Yeah, there's there's sort of this cosmic celestial thing. Except again, the difference here is that I can actually sort of pick up on John's words, and they they sort of resonate with me a little bit here. But it it does have that sort of expansive, you know, ambiance to it. I love the way he arrives at that line. The chorus. I mean, light of the ages. Yeah, he does. He does weave a path there that is worthy of John Anderson. And, and and this song is not something that right out of the gate I was like, "Oh, this song's great." I had some trouble with it at first, but it's one of those things where the more time I spent with it, and once I started to to you know, it's almost. I don't know what it's like, but you find like a little crack, you know, and you get your fingers in there and then you find you can make, you know, find a bigger crack and you get more of your fingers in there and you can start pulling yourself up this cliff face and, and, and you slowly start to understand it. And, it, you know, it it sort of slowly revealed itself to me. And, and that's, you know, it's it's songs like that that I have to kind of work for is is what I like so much. As you get into it, I, I overall I find the song to be powerful and beautiful. It opens up, you know, anytime you've got Steve Howe doing his 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 lap steel thing, I'm like, yeah, fucking A, but yep. absolutely. Right. And and what I find interesting is, you know, like you've got the the first verse, right? And then you sort of have this instrumental break, and and it's you know, you've got this slow tempo and it's kind of draggy. And just at the point where I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to start punching myself in the head, you know, John starts singing again. And, and the vocal melody that he sings there just like snatches me back. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful deliverance. And it just gets better from there. He does veer into a modern classical or orchestral 
space. I, I don't know if he he got into magnification for a while before he <laughs> sat down to write. But he goes there, and he's not afraid to go there. Um, my my guess is that this was written on a piano. It's just that majestic in um, Jeff's part. Um, we already talked about Steve being like the icing on the cake. Um, yeah, it, it's heavily piano and heavily orchestral. Pretty brilliant. It's a uh, uh, some of these songs are very visual songs. They're almost um, cinematic in the in the way that you can. A lot of these things can really be scored under some visuals, and I think this song is is one of those that has a a grandeur about it. And um, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful song. I I can't. I'm I'm just so shocked that Joe and I agree on a song. I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> I know. Just yes. It's been a while. <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything to say. I'm 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 afraid I'm going to blow it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to quit while I'm behind on this one. I'm just going to say that I very much enjoy the song. <laughs> well, I, I will say it does check a, a prog box for me. I, I always need my twelve eights or my three fours, and I'm sensing a real heavy. 12-8 kind of a you know s- slow Irish thing going on with the rhythm here. Uh, so it, it would be more of a traditional European you know plotting thing, Joe. If if that fits into the prog rock and the yes genre for you, yeah, yeah. None of this American surf music thrown in the middle of the shit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since we have agreement there, we can go on and and revert back to our normal form with it was all we knew. Yeah, Steve Howe and his finest. Okay, we'll go with that. Who who does Steve want to be in this? Because it's, I don't know. It, it's almost like he's, um, almost like he's trying to be American, an American kind of seventies barroom dance tune in a way. It's something interesting. Well, um, you know, here again, we we come to this point where, as much as I, my in innate reaction is to you know, not, I've come on such a long journey through Steve Howe and he's been so prolific and he's so fucking awesome. If he wants to do something like this, I almost have to just give him a pass and say, all right, Steve, good for you, man. But is it just a little too flaky for you? Like, it yes, doesn't, it, it doesn't ground you. It doesn't, you don't know where you are. He, you can't trust him with your soul because he's just going to He's he's stretching it a little too far, it's, right? It's it's very quirky, but but again, if Steve Howe wants to be quirky for a track, who 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 am I to, you know, I I would not have put this on the record necessarily. I find it to be disruptive in the the meat here of this record, but really? yeah, really, okay, that's I'm glad that you say that. We call that sequencing not midi sequencing or whatever drum sequencing but you know the sequence of songs the flow and we deal with this a lot in the palaver and a perfectly good song can disrupt an album uh so maybe on a steve howell solo album this would have been amazing yeah i don't know you know okay um for me i like the way the chorus ends minor 
and it gives me a little bit of flavor of like California Dreaming, where California Dreaming is um, a quintessential anthem of America, but it's dark. And Steve touches on that at the end of the chorus, where it's like the, the fruits are sweet and everything is great, but I'm going to play a minor chord here and make you think twice. <laughs> Did you catch that, Tom? Did you catch the composition here? It's a little sneaky. <laughs> it, it, it is a little unorthodox. Um, so, yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Hey, real quick, do you guys know where John Davison is from? I assumed California because he said if he wasn't a singer, he'd be a surfer. He is an American singer-songwriter, multi-instrument. Yeah, I, I, I... I find I just have a problem, generally speaking, with any song that has to deal with summer. I just find it annoying. Uh, Summerland. <laughs> well, that's that's one uh, example, oh. one exception. Summerland oh. obviously is fucking brilliant. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right. Um, the the lyrics, yeah, it's a little bit of soundtrack dissonance because sweet were the fruits, long were the summer days. It was all we knew. And how that gets to a minor chord, I'll never know. But it, he he takes us there, and he does it very well. Well, and it's it's funny you mention that because that you know it's it's when you wind up in that in that minor chord, it was all we knew part I can deal with. It's the first two lines of that that drive me batty. Yeah. Okay. Sweet were the fruits. It's like I'm not sure what he's getting at here. It's a little bit of 19th century literature. <laughs> that brings us. Closing the the track with, or closing the album with Subway Walls, a Davison Downs composition. Uh, I, yeah. I think this song is one of the more uh, cinematic songs, which is what I was talking about earlier. I I think oh. it's, uh, yeah, it, it it definitely invokes uh, a visual, and um, I could definitely hear the song in a in a film. Which is nice. It's a, it's a nice grandeur about it, and um, it's. I think this is. Even though it's not a super long song, uh, it feels to me one of the more proggy songs on 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 the album. It has a little bit more weight way to it, and I think this song also could be off. Could have been off of um, "Fly From Here." Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe it does have a little bit of "Fly From Here" vibe. I yeah. lo I love 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 the uh, the Chris Squire lick in this one. Oh goodness! Oh, you know what? I was going to say that he doesn't. You know, in the last couple of albums, you know, there are places in Five from Here where I could imagine Chris dominating where he doesn't. You know, he he was he was pretty gracious to other musicians. In the end, there, where where clearly, you know, on the first three albums, you would never get him to shut up for a minute, you know. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it's nice when you do get get the bass hopping, and in, in these later albums, it, it it it's reassuring, especially you know knowing that we lost him. Right. It's nice to to catch those real moments of, of Squire bass. Well, and, and, you know, I think when, and, and he's been like, you know, throughout the, the last part of this catalog, you know, he, you know, it, it, certainly in the Trevor years, uh, he very much sub, was subservient to the music, 
But every once in a while, he would kind of flex his muscles, and it's like, you know, hey, folks, Chris Squire here. And, and that was always very gratifying. And and that's sort of yep. what, what hit me here um, as well. And I, you know, for here again, I love the the lyrics and the chorus of this and, and the overall hook of that is, is, you know, it, I think these are, these are great lyrics. Is there meaning in the stars or does graffiti on some subway wall hold secrets to it all? I just think that's great. I really, yep. really dig that. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Almost a lead off tune like they almost could have started instead of ended with it i if, yeah i would have preferred that i i think the first song is perfect where it is <laughs> we know that now in hindsight yeah <laughs> but at the same time you know in, in a lot of ways if, if 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 this is the last recorded song in terms of pres presentation on an album that you know, has Chris Squire on it, you know, there's, there's a lot of appropriateness to that as well. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree with you guys that I, I, I hope they put another album together with this lineup. Of course, um, you know, of course without Chris Squire, but, uh, I, I hope they put out, um, another album certainly with john davison and i'd be really interested to, to hear what that is i would i would love to hear it well and and you'd like to sort of hear because this was what we say this was 2014 yes so so john's been you know living and playing with with the rest of the band now for for f four more years than this right. how in how many ways has he grown i mean how can you one can only imagine if you're touring with with Steve Howe and and Billy Sherwood and and Jeff Downs and and even you know Alan um, that you're yeah. you're going to sort of you know I don't want to say pick stuff up but but have the ability to sort of figure out where your common ground is and sort of grow together in in that um, so I I think the the possibilities here are very intriguing. And, you know, a couple of months ago, I don't know that I would have said that, but I'm very glad to have had the opportunity, you know, again, to, to go through this, to go through the Asia, to see what we saw in July, both with, in terms of both the shows, as well as the, the Q and A and, and TMR, uh, you know, it, all of it sort of came together and, and coalesced into this, this understanding that heaven and earth is, is different, but it's still within the family and it's part of this. And what this is, this whole idea of yes music, it's wonderful. And, you know, Tom, you and I have had a, a hopefully a, a very fun jovial time sort of ribbing each other over the last several months over different aspects of the catalog. But at the end of the day, you know, I would much rather listen to Open Your Eyes or even Heaven Help Me Tormato than, you know, 95% of anything on, you know, in the popular world, so to speak. 
Right. You know, yeah. and and so when we talk about you know ranking albums and where this this ranks in versus you know even a union or you know whatever, as a whole, this these albums are still. I think elevated above most other things that are available. I, I say just just listen to the uh, outro, the last the last full minute of uh, Subway Walls, and this really blossoms. It didn't even have to end there. Like like this could have gone into a really orgasmic kind of extended proggy thing. <laughs> yeah, it really could I, have. I agree, Ken. I would have loved to hear. I would have loved to have heard a longer version of the song. And um, when you have the whole album on a loop, right? <laughs> and you go from Subway Walls to Believe Again, that actually works as a movement. Right. <laughs> so yeah. if, if you're lacking in some of that that proggy depth at the end of the album, try looping it. And it's, it, it really works for me. Just that's, takes you to a different place. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So at this point, gentlemen, this, and again, I want to emphasize at this point, this brings us to the end of our yes catalog. We, we don't have any more studio albums at this point. So, you know, hopefully, We'll have something from Yes featuring ARW, and we'll have something from Yes Official that we can talk about in the future. But, you know, until then, we're left with, you know, whatever special bonus episodes we can dream up in terms of being able to go back and, and revisit some of the, some of this music. And, um, you know, I, it's... There, there has been so much gained for me as, as we did with Rush and, and with Marillion and, and King's X, you know, going through it the way we have, there's there's so much to learn. And it's it really enhances the experience overall. And it, it provides me sort of a, a wider breadth of, of things to enjoy. Closing thoughts on, on Heaven and Earth or the Yes Catalog, gentlemen. I mean, I think that uh, along with a lot of other of the bands that we've talked about, this is bittersweet. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, unfortunately, uh, the next album will be without Chris Squire. Um, and, um, I mean, he was so much a part of yes, but I think the way that yes has transcended over the years, um, I'm hoping that there, there is another heaven and earth, that, that takes what they did with this and and, and, and takes it to another level. Um, but I, um, being a, we're at the end of the Yes catalog, um, yeah, this has been, it's, it's, it's been great for me to, to really open, well, I'm not going to say open my eyes because that's my one, that's my least favorite. <laughs> oh my God. Oh boy. Um, Joe, thank you. You know that, um, you know, for years, I, 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 I didn't touch this material because it was either too complicated or we couldn't sing it or we didn't know what the words meant. But uh, once you led me into the, the great beyond, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Good. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, this wonderful palaver. And we look forward to 
Moving on to the next short segment that we have looking forward to us. That'll be the Stephen Wilson solo set. And then that will lead us ultimately as we move into the latter part of this year and another appropriately autumnal band, which would be Genesis. We're very, yes. very excited to get there. Can't wait for that. <laughs> very good. hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of Progressive Palaver. We, as always, have enjoyed sharing the conversation with you as we close out this particular segment of the Yes Catalog and very much hope that we get to return to it at some point in the future. Until then, we obviously always welcome and solicit your input, your comments, your feedback, your thoughts, your questions. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at ProgPala at all of those or you can search for Progressive Palaver and you're always welcome to email us our email address is progpala that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A at gmail.com Progressive Palaver is as always available for subscription and download on both iTunes and Google Play and we are hosted on SoundCloud so until next time thanks for listening <laughs>